Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kevin calling from La Cosenta, California. I have a question regarding retirement and state income taxes, kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no income tax and provides unbiased answers good question though a good thought process and always good to look forward and i think there's only what seven or nine states that have no income tax invest talk over 38 million downloads and counting across america and around the world your participation makes it unique 888-99-CHART This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, February 15th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm happy to be here. I like being here. It's kind of fun. Uh, I will answer all your financial investment questions. That's what this show is about, and we call it Invest Talk. So, at some point in your life, you realize that you have to do some financial planning. It's got to. It's got to be long term. You can't save enough money in a five-year period to last the rest of your retirement years. You got. It's got to be long term, and it, it's got to be purposeful, not just something you're just going to do at the spur of the moment. And I'll do it for a couple of days, and I'm done. No, it's not like that. It takes time. You build a strategy, and then you build the portfolio to meet the strategy. It's that simple. And you you, have, you set yourself goals. You do. You decide what you, you know. You you want to continue at the very minimum your current lifestyle. Well, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that when the, when the active income stops and you retire? How are you going to do that? Now, with that said, Justin and I have always told you the market can be volatile and unpredictable, but that's where you have to be. It's a place that you're going to have to use to build your portfolio. Try to build your portfolio by just saving money and putting it in CDs. You'll lose buying power over the years to inflation. Even if inflation was half what it is today, you still would lose buying power. There's just not enough money paid by on interest on CDs or any other conservative investment at this point. That doesn't mean you don't have any conservative investments in your portfolio, but they can only be part of your portfolio. You've got to grow it. So we have some questions. You have some questions. We have some answers. That's what we're here for. Give us a call. We want to talk to you about what you want to do. Any financial questions we'll talk about. And, of course, you know, we start a show off with our mission statement every day, independent thing is shared success. And, of course, that means we're going to give you facts, facts about any of your questions you might have about your stocks. And if we don't know the facts, we try, uh, we try to point you in a direction or tell you that we don't know them and tell you where you should maybe be able to find them. And if we make mistakes, we don't mind you correcting us. No one's perfect. No one ever is. So with that, I want to hear your questions. I want to hear all your investment and financial questions. You get to shape the show in the direction you want, as we said repeatedly. So where do you want to go with this show? 
Anyways, the number is 888-99-CHART. We're open 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. We're live 4 to 5 Pacific time. And so let's go ahead and get to our first listener line question. Oh, it's a, it's a live one. Oh, my, my computer didn't tell me that. Okay, we're going to go to uh, Din. No, we're going to go to Sh- Sean in West Virginia. Hi, Sean. Hey, good evening. Thanks for the uh, call. Love the show. Thank you. Great information. Uh, uh, I had a strategy question. I'm, I'm consolidating some of my accounts into one brokerage. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got a brokerage account, and then I have a Roth, and I have a rollover traditional IRA. Okay. Um, and if I'm understanding it correctly, I cannot max out both of my my IRAs. I have to do a combination or one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of wondering about a strategy, uh, what might be best. Um, I'm assuming my income level upon retirement is going to be much higher. Um, so I was kind of wondering, you know, maybe pick one of the two to be a conservative account, mm-hmm. uh, invest some money in that, leave it alone, and use the other one to be a more a little less conservative account, a little more aggressive investments. Yeah, you could be more aggressive in your retirement accounts, even though that may not sound logical. But the problem there is the, the aggressive account, you might have capital gains, and you don't want to pay taxes on those capital gains in your aggressive account. If it's an individual account, you're going to pay capital gains on all your gains. You know, if you realize the gains, you'll pay taxes on it. So, you know, there's different strategies and different beliefs. Do I like the Roth over the regular IRA? I, I like them both. Uh, so I think everybody should have both at this stage. I don't. I was too old when the Roth came around. I felt I was too old to really take much advantage of it. And maybe that's wrong thinking on my part. But I, I think anybody that has, you know, 10, 20, 30 years left of active income, I think they need both. Uh, and I do. Th- I say that because in retirement, in a regular IRA, you're going to have to pay taxes on anything you take out, but in a Roth, you won't. So you can mix and match to keep your income in retirement low in the lowest tax bracket you can. So I kind of like that thinking. Um, so um, I, I kind of think you should keep putting money in both as the years go by. That's what I think. Sean, I appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to Chris in New York. Chris. Hi, D. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I had a question about Volkswagen, ticker VWAGY. Okay. Um, I've held them I got in about $23. I know they're slowly making um, you know, lower highs and lower lows. I'm just wondering yes. if it's time to get out. Yeah. Well, it's a very inexpensive stock. Okay. Uh, they're going to make... Okay, 2020, they made $4.07 a share, okay? Uh, 2021, they're going to make three eighteen, and then it's going to come back a little bit to, in 2022 this year to $3.59 a share. It's a $28.97 stock. So it's a very low P.E., but these auto companies generally have low P.E.s. Their range is 2 to 10. So if there were 10 on a P.E. range, based on next year's earnings, are this year's earnings, it'll be a $36 stock, basically. Okay? Uh, that's the that's the highest it's been on its range. I am not big. I do not like auto companies in general myself. I really don't. Why don't I like them? Well, one, one there's lots of unions. Two, they usually carry lots of debt. 
And we're in a situation where all these auto companies, all these regular auto companies, and I'm not talking about Tesla or the electric car companies that started as electric car companies, but all of these companies are switching over to electric, right? We know that. That's expensive. And they're going to have to spend billions of dollars to make those transition, that transition. And they are. They're spending it now. So I'm, I'm not keen on auto companies right now. I'm really not. Now, it doesn't mean I wouldn't invest in the auto industry, but I'd be very, I wouldn't be in the big auto companies. There'd be things I like about, remember, I'm trying to take advantage of the switchover. How do I take advantage of that? What else, what will Billy be the winners over that switchover? And I think I mentioned, you know, if they can come up, and I think they have, a couple of companies may have, to a solid-state battery, I think that's a great new innovation that will will make a small revolution in battery life. and But that's just one part of all the things that are going to happen with these, with these electric cars. So I'd probably, I'd probably get out. But, of course, I don't like it in the first place, so I might be a little prejudiced. Chris, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Justin and I are grateful for your podcast support, everybody, and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware of two other ways to find our material and unbiased guidance. Invest Talk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more content on both platforms. So go to YouTube or Instagram and search Invest Talk. That's two T's. Remember, two T's in there. Invest Talk. No space. And please tell your friends about us. We appreciate that. The Invest Talk phone lines are open. Call 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk, and it sure seems like the new year is moving fast. Soon, we'll be halfway through the first quarter. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to answer your finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. 888 992 4278. We're going to go talk to Robbie in Palo Alto. Hi, Robbie. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Um, I have a question around Upstart. Um, it's into lending business. Um, they seem to have really good results after us today. Um, stock has fallen quite a bit. Um, in the past six months or so. What's a symbol? to get your UPST. U-P as in Paul, S as Sam, and D as in dog? T as in Tom. Okay. Okay. U-P-S-T. Because I couldn't pick it up with, with what I had. Okay, I see. Upstart Holdings? Yes. Okay. It's a fairly new company. came out in December of 2020. Um, it had a nice run up from around $30 all the way up to like $400. Now it's back down to $109. Well, what does it do? It provides a cloud-based lending platform shared between consumers and lenders to enable effortless credit. They make money. They've been making money for uh, since 2020. So they may started making money right out of the gate. It made 24 cents in 2020, 2021, $2.35, huge growth. Then 2022 slowed down to uh, $2.33, so just two cents off. And then this year, uh, next year, they're, they're going to make $2.81. But it's a $109 stock. So that's that's a huge 
P.E. ratio for that stock. Now, why do they have it? Well, because sales growth in the most recent quarter, up 252%. One before that was 250. One before that was over 1,000%. So that sales growth has really sparked the huge run up, the expected sales growth. But now I have a feeling they're expecting the sales growth to slow way down. Um, this is a high-growth stock with a high-risk high, uh, high level. Okay, and I will say this, if you wanted to buy this stock around this price is where you would buy it because there's a lot of support between 90 and 110, $120, right in that area, a lot of support for this company. Do you own it or you wanted to buy it? I, I, didn't, I didn't remember. I actually wanted to buy and actually they gave a very good result after hours today. It's almost 20, 30% up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Well, too bad. Too bad you didn't call me yesterday, <laughs> but, <laughs> because I think I think this is a good place to buy it. Now it's going to be twenty percent higher than it is today, and now you're up to him. You know, I, I I wouldn't necessarily buy it at the opening tomorrow. Maybe it'll pop up and slow back down, but it might be a good time to buy it. Appreciate the call, Robbie. Thank you. And that was Upstart Holdings, UPST. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question, are your, are, your, are your bond holdings vulnerable to a rising rate environment? We're talking about interest rate environment. Are you? And I will tell you right off the bat that you are, but we need to explore that a little bit. Okay? My trivia question today is about cryptocurrency. Do you own any? There are many types, right? Trivia is coming up at the halfway point, and we have a trivia question for you. Okay, so stay tuned if you want to hear it. Other topics I want to, by the way, the market today, it was up $422 for the Dow, $349 for NASDAQ, and $69 for the S&P. Now, don't get excited about that because, you know, it's been pretty much down in recent days, so we had a little relief rally today. I want to talk about the chip shortage. We haven't mentioned that in a few weeks. I haven't anyways. I don't know if Justin has. I don't remember hearing him say anything about it, but I don't listen to his whole show every time he does it either. Also, Goldman Sachs sees three paths for the S&P 500. Three. And finally, did you see what the producer price index reported? That's inflation gauge at the producer level. And it reported it came in today uh, for January. See it? I think it's important to discuss that because inflation is is the key thing these days. Inflation. Everybody's talking about inflation. The Fed's worried about inflation, even though they don't really tell us that, but they are. Inflation. We're moving to a break. Jeffrey from El Paso. Hang on, if you will. You'll be up next on Invest Talk. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Okay, let's go ahead and take a call from Jeffrey in El Paso. He wants to talk about Franklin Resources. Hi, Ben. Oh, for, hi, Jeffrey. 
Hi, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. I've had uh, Franklin Resources on my watch list for a while now. I was wondering if you thought it was a uh, value trap or a turnaround opportunity. The multiples look cheap, but the growth and sales are a bit iffy. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate the call. This is uh, Franklin Resources, everybody. Uh, provides investment ma- investment um, management fund administration services to investment companies, institutional accounts. Uh, they are, they've been very consistent in their earnings and very consistent in their sales growth. Um, earnings are going to be 378 this year and 383 next year. It's only a 1% gross in, increase in sales, but they do pay a 3.7% dividend. So that's got to be a major reason why you want it is because it pays a nice dividend and it's very steady. It also is pretty underpriced. Um, the stock is a $31 stock, going to make $3.83. So, well, you know, their P range is not never high, never has been, 5 to 15, but it's on the lower end of that range. It has a great return of equity at 18%. Uh, it, it's hard to fault the company other than the stock and doesn't move. And maybe one of the reasons is because the mutual funds own it. Lots of them own it, but there's no more buying it. They're not selling it. They're not buying it. So who's gonna, who's there to drive the increase in price? That's where you're having a problem. Uh, sales growth has been pretty good in the recent quarters, 11% the most recent quarter. Now it was down from 28% the quarter before that, 87 before that. But generally, they don't have a lot of growth over a long period. But it is a pretty darn reasonable stock. And I don't think it's – I think around 30 is a lot of support. It's at 31. It has not been able to get above 38, though. So it's really trapped in this range. Well – you're making 3.8%, and that's about the best you can get. So it depends on you, Jeffrey. Uh, it's a good, solid company to hold, but it doesn't look like it's going to break out. It doesn't look like it's going to break down either. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Corey in Ohio. Hi, Corey. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for the call. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, I own NRG, um, energy in my Roth IRA, uh, just a small position, and it's been – Dropping recently, I, I know that the earnings per share has kind of been erratic, but I look at the return on equity and return on capital employed numbers are so high. Yes, they um, are. I, I'm, I guess I'm just questioning if I should add more to this position because it pays a good dividend, and although they've had some struggles recently, uh, I, I think it's it's worth adding more, but wanted to get your, your thoughts on the company. Okay, this is NRG Energy, everybody. It supplies electricity in Texas, generates wholesale power, and trades energy and capacity in the United States. A $9.5 billion company, and everything everything that uh, Corey said is true. They're going to make $4.20 in 2021 when they finally get around giving us their final quarter report. Uh, and they're allegedly going to make 361 next year, so it's going to be a drop about 14% or so. But it's a $38 stock, so it still would be very inexpensive at that price. And they have a great return, 31%. They have great cash flow. You know, mutual funds are just holders of it. They're not buying. They're not selling. It's it's something that you got to live on the dividend, 3.6%, because like the one before, it's trapped. And I don't know if it can get it trapped in a range is what I'm saying. And I don't know. The low is like 32. The high is like 46, and it's at 38. I, I think it's going to stay trapped in that range. If we go into recession, it'll probably drop below that range. But, you know, I don't see a recession this year. I don't. So I don't know if I would add to it. 
but I don't think I'd sell it either. <laughs> Appreciate the call. Thank you, Corey. My focus point today is based on the story behind the question, are you are are your bond holdings vulnerable to a rising rate environment? We're talking about an interest rate environment. And the answer is, of course, yes. They are. They are vulnerable no matter what you want to do about it. If interest rates rise and the Fed has said they're going to raise the overnight rate three or four times this year, the overnight rate is the rate that the Fed charges banks to borrow money from the Fed. Right now it's at zero. Has been for a long time. And it's very unusual to be at zero. It's an, a historic. So if they're going to raise it three or four times, they're, you know, whatever, it's going to be a quarter point each. And that means are they going to get up to 1%? 1% is still very, very low, everybody, but it's a sea change from what it was, a direction change from being very loose money to tighter money. Now, when interest rates rise, your bond holdings go down in value. Why is that? Because you have a bond that pays a certain rate. Let's say it pays 4% to you, okay? 4%. You have a bond that pays 4%. If interest rates go up, maybe someone can buy a bond that pays 5%. So does that make your bond worth less now because I can buy a new one five? Yes, it does. So that's what happens in a rising interest rate environment. Bond values go down. Now, if you buy a bond and hold a maturity, you'll get your, it'll go back to par and you get your money back, but that means you've got to hold on to it for the ride. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. It's probably a safe bet to say that almost everyone you know and I know have some interest or heard about cryptocurrency, right? We all know uh, something about it. Maybe even more and more. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name the five largest cryptocurrencies by market cap? The five largest. I know you can name one, Bitcoin. Everybody can name that one. How about the others? At the break, I'll supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call. 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. 
Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Of course, I had a question, a, a trivia question for you before the break. It was all about cryptocurrencies. Can you name the five largest cryptocurrencies? Almost everybody will say, well, Bitcoin. Well, yeah, Bitcoin is the largest by far. Okay, market cap $812 billion, Bitcoin. What's number two? Or just name another one. Most people would not be able to name another another coin, another cryptocurrency. Ethereum, Ethereum, I'm not sure how to say that myself. Uh, it is a market cap of $368 million, so it's pretty big too. Symbol is ETH. Uh, then there's Tether, $78 billion. Then there's Binance Coin. This is uh, it's $70 billion. And then there's USD Coin at $51 billion. Notice how big these numbers are? The smallest of the five is the USD Coin, and it's $51 billion. Billion. So, do you think that they deserve that kind of market cap? What kind of earnings do they produce? What, uh, what kind of? How do you establish the value in those things? Uh, how do we know? I'm not. I know that cryptocurrency is here to stay. I'm, I don't doubt that for a minute. I just wish I knew how to evaluate it, and I don't think I will be able to. So, interesting, isn't it? I'm, I, I do think. Well, I think that there's going to be they. I think they have to be backed at some point by governments. That's what I think. Going to have they're going to have lots of regulation and be backed by governments, and then they'll be much more widely accepted. 
Let's keep moving and pivot to an Investor Voice Bank question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hi, yeah, this is Taylor from Minnesota, and I've been watching stocks for a couple of years and been listening to your podcast for about a year and love it. And I'm just curious to know what your thoughts are on dine brands and kind of the restaurant industry as a whole. Dine brands, D-I-N. Brands, meaning dining brands global. It's a fran- franchi- it franchises and license operates 3,411 IHOP Applebee's restaurants with plans to open multiple other restaurants. Okay, so IHOP. IHOP has been suffering in recent years because people moving away from those high-carb, sugary pancakes even though I love them myself and obviously shows. Uh, but they've been moving away from that to try to expand their 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 draw. But Applebee's is a pretty uh, pretty pretty interesting and growing part of dine brands. So do you want to be in the restaurant business? That's really what you're saying. They're gonna make six dollar and fifty cents this year, then six six dollars ninety-five cents six a share next year, and it's an eighty-one dollar stock. Okay, so what, about 14 PE-ish, somewhere around there, 13, 14? The range is 2 to 45, very large range. And the thing I don't like about it is it's not been very steady over the years. And this is about as high as it gets. It doesn't go much above $90 a share. And I don't know if I see the driver to get there. I think that it's going it's to be an expensive uh, changeover for their IHOP brand. Um I don't know. It has no interest to me. I, I don't. I don't. I don't care for it. it. Only pays a two percent dividend. Just don't care for it. Okay, everybody. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Okay, uh, chip shortage is going to stay with us throughout two thousand twenty two. This whole year, chip shortage. This is according to the CEO at AMD. Uh, his name. Her name is Lisa Su. Says it won't end until two thousand twenty two. The chip shortage. She did say. By the second half of this year, it will get better. The problems will ease. Remember, we have big chip shortages. I mean, vehicles not being finished, car companies can't finish them. Uh, uh, all different parts of industry having trouble getting enough computer chips. And I, believe me, I've seen that the computer industry, computer chip industry, is spending ferociously to fix that problem. So they're spending a lot of money. Now, what's probably going to happen is two years from now, there'll be overcapacity, right? That seems to be what it ha- what happens. So um, just be careful about investing in chip industry and chip stocks because, you know, right now the great days are great, but you know, they're spending a lot of money, and chances are we'll be, they'll be overcapacity at some point down the road. So it might be too late. You know, when, when everybody knows something about the market or about an industry, about a stock, when everybody knows it, it's too late for you to invest it because it's already priced in. There's a book out there. Uh, I don't remember the name of the book, top of my head, but that's basically what the book was about. Everything is priced as it should be because everything everybody knows is already priced in. So the stock market is perfectly priced. Of course. I don't necessarily agree with that, 
because there's a lot of times when, you know, certain industries are favored and certain industries are not, and there's cycles and all kinds of things that can play a part. Anyways, uh, let's keep moving. Pivot to an Talk voice bank for a question that came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Let's grab one of the iTunes review questions. I would love to, fe- to hear your input on Boot Barn, ticker symbol Boot. I looked at this a few weeks ago. Not from a caller, just for some reason I was looking at it. B-O-O-T is a symbol. Uh, Operates 273 stores in 36 states, offering Western and work-related footwear, apparel, and accessories. $2.5 billion company. I like the sales. The sales growth is 61% in the most recent quarter. Before that was 69. Before that was 107. Before that was 37. And then you had the bad year, COVID year, 2020, where... Sales kind of either sh- they were shrinking or very flat. Um, they're going to make six dollars and nine cents this year, and only five fifty five next year. And it's an eighty six dollar stock, eighty six ninety five, almost eighty seven dollar stock. And that's where I started to get a little hesitant. It seems like it's fully uh, valued to me. I, I I can't see it being worth more than that number. You know, so, and it got up to 120, 130. So, it's, to me, it's right at value. Return equity is 16%, which is great. You know, mutual funds are buying over the last year. Not a lot of debt. I mean, there's a lot. It's a good, solidly run company, but I just think it's overvalued. Okay? Or fairly valued, not overvalued, but fairly valued. Could you give me, this is another one from Travis. Could you give me your professional opinion in regards to ASTS? ASTS, let's pull that up. Um, Out of Midland, Texas, after a recent trip to Odessa, I heard about this company and was immediately intrigued. After some research, I found they'll be uh, launching their first satellite possibly this summer. Does their technology have a niche value? Okay, they don't make money. I don't like stocks that don't make money. I don't invest in stocks that don't make money. And I tell people, don't invest stocks. That don't make money. This is a AST Space Mobile provides space-based cellular broadband network with Vodafone Group, Karutin, uh, and American Tower operators. Uh, they're going to lose sixty-three cents this year. They lost thirty-two cents a share last year. Thirty-eight cents a year before that. So uh, it's a six dollar and sixty cents stock. And it does have some sales, 2.8 million in uh, June quarter, and the most recent quarter we have, 2.5 million. Okay, doesn't make money. It was selling at some point; it got up to about twenty dollars. I don't like stocks, but I wouldn't buy. I would not buy this stock. No, not not interested. Okay, uh, let's see what else we got here. February is already half over, everybody. Did you notice that? It's February fifteenth today. So the new year is moving right along. Um, you know, we always take time out to talk about the KPP a little bit, about the benefits that we can provide, Justin and I, who own KPP Financial or uh, or uh, Invest Talk. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that we do that's different, uh, we practice what we call parallel investing. We also give unbiased guidance. We have different strategies. But the, the thing that's different about us mostly is – we buy the same things for ourselves we do for our clients at the same price, same percentages. We try to be on the exact same side of the, 
the table as our clients. So when when you come aboard in one of our programs, we have you know a number of programs, five or six of them, from very risky to hardly any risk at all. And whatever range in there you want to pick, we're invested in each one of those ourselves. Okay, so now the question is, do you want to be on board with the owners that are telling you what they're buying? That's us. And that's really, most investors, most investment advisors don't do that. Some can't do that because they're associated with a big, large firm and they just can't do it. Not possible, physically possible. So if you want us to take a look at your portfolio, we'd be happy to do that. Give you our opinions, all free. No, no, now we do this obviously with the idea that, you know, hopefully you become a client, but there is no obligation. We don't, no pushing. No, you know, hey, let us do this. We can do a much better job. Nothing like that. We just want to match up to make sure you understand the risk you're taking and understand the risk that you want to take match that in your current portfolio. And if it doesn't, we'll give you some help on how you can do that. And then if you talk to us and you think you want to use our services, be happy. Of course, we want to provide them. Of course. Okay. We want to help you if we can. Next up, we'll go back to, we'll get back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank. Remember, the phone lines never close. 888-99-CHART. Our Invest Talk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on investtalk.com. Hi, guys. This is Eric calling from Los Angeles. Long-time listener. Love the show. I have a general question. It's regarding the market and 401ks. I was wondering, do you find that the market tends to bump up the day after paydays, which is every two weeks, people's contributions into their 401ks, and suddenly the market goes up because there's this influx into all these different mutual funds? As a second part of that, would that be a good time to sell if the market's going to have this minor blip up in those fees or, or I mean in those stock prices. Just curious how that works or if that even is a possibility. Thanks. Well, it is a possibility, but I have seen no studies on that. And I don't know because pay periods are very, very um, so dramatically. So when does that money actually hit? I think it's constantly coming in on a daily weekly basis so it's i don't think you're gonna i don't think you're gonna find anything that correlates okay people put money in their 401ks and then jump it up but i have heard and seen some evidence that around before april 15th people putting in money into iras okay during the first three and a half months of the year that that does bump up stock values okay just saying there is some evidence of that but it's not dramatic i don't think it's something that you can use i, I really don't but good thought though good thought let's squeeze in another itunes question from the puma 51 whatever that is i'm curious about these two etfs which one do you like more or are both good investments for say the next five years and one of them is D, 
G-R-O. Okay, and that's iShares Core Dividend Growth, ETF Seeking Investment Results Corresponding to the Morning Star U.S. Dividend Growth Index. And the other one symbol is SPYV. Obviously, SPY is S&P 500. Exchange Traded Fund Seeking Performance Corresponding to the S&P 500 Value Index. So one is is geared toward dividends growth, dividend growth. The other one is geared to value stocks. I would prefer the value, okay, the SPYV, the Spider Portfolio S&P 500 value, okay? Um, just because I think value is going to work better than growth going forward, but I like dividends a lot, so it's not like I don't like it, but you asked me which one do I like better, I would be the value one. But why not invest in both? I like them both. Okay, I do think that they'll both work. Goldman Sachs sees three paths for the S&P 500 going forward. One of those paths says that, the worst one, says that the S&P 500 will go down 20%. Now, in my business, in this business, people, when the market goes down 20%, that's a 20% or more, that's a bear market. Up to 20% is just a correction of the market. They're, they're saying one of their three scenarios is it's going to go down 20%. That was their worst scenario. If it goes down 20%, everybody, don't panic. It's okay. We will survive. It will come back. Do you remember what it went down in 2008? It went down 50%. And we made it back, all of it, in a year. Do you remember what the COVID crash? Went down 37% or so. How long did it take to make it all back? All that back. I don't remember the time period, but it was pretty short. So if it goes down 20%, so be it. So be it. On the next investor story behind the headlines, wholesale prices increased by 1% in January, up a near record 9.7% over the past year. Well, I was going to talk about that. Anyways, that'll be tomorrow, everybody, with Justin. I'm Steve Peasley, 888-99-CHART. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Brandon in Washington, D.C. Looking on this performance uh, history, what are your thoughts on the Vanguard real estate ETF, ticker VNQ? forward to hearing your thoughts on the podcast. Thank you. Time to exit the real estate area, everybody, as far as investments. Vanguard Real Estate ETF is VNQ. ETF seeks performance corresponding to the MSE Investment Market Real Estate 2550 Index. I'd probably exit. It's already had a great run. Real estate's had a great run. Uh, I, I don't see it running up from here at this point, not for a while. And this has fallen from 116 down to 103. Um, it's trying to find support about the $100 level. But I, I see no reason. I mean, this is the kind of thing you look at and you step back and say, well, what what's going to happen with real estate? And real estate is still very high. still very good. There's areas of real estate I like. But there's also lots of areas I don't like. And it's already had a very long, sustainable run. But 
the, the background to me is not strong with the Federal Reserve going to be raising rates. It's not going to help real estate. It's going to hurt real estate. And we're in the late cycle of this real estate boom. So I, I don't think it's time to invest in it. It's time to take profits from it. Do you completely exit out of real estate? Well, that's a personal thing. Uh, maybe not. I would. I'm not going to be in it. Okay, I think I just don't. I mean, there are parts of real estate business I like, like McLeod, you know, those farms out there. That might be a good idea. Or or storage units. So there are parts of it, but not in general. Looking at the program clock, I can see we have time for one more question in this podcast. So let's do it. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin calling from La Cacenta, California. I have a question regarding retirement and state income taxes. Currently, I reside in California, and I'm not at retirement age, but just kind of planning ahead for the future, thinking of establishing primary residence in a state with no state income tax. I'm wondering how or what are the requirements to do that? Like, is there a certain amount of time that you need to live in there in the new state before you can not pay income tax on whatever you take out of your IRA or 401k. And if you spend time in multiple states during retirement, how do you establish that one location, the one with no income tax, is your primary residence? Hoping you can help me plan for the future. Thank you. Well, yeah, uh, you have to establish residency by living there. And that means you get all your bills there. You get all your correspondence there. You spend time there, and each state has its own requirements as to how to establish residency, okay, in that state. So you have to look up those rules, and they're usually, you know, under a year. I mean, it's not onerous or anything, but you do have to establish residency in a particular state, okay, and that's where you live, and that's where you file your taxes, Okay, so you can't have, like, let's say you're a Social Security age. You can't have your Social Security check going to uh, San Diego, California, and you're establishing residence in, you know, uh, Idaho. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to, all your mail has to go to where you live. Uh, so you got to establish residence. That, this is, by the way, a good a question for and a CPA, not a money manager guy, but a CPA. These are the kind of questions they answer. Okay? Good question, though. A good thought process. It's always good to look forward as opposed to wait, not not waiting until you retire. And I think there's only, what, seven or nine states that have no income tax? But I'll tell you this. Many of those states that have no income tax have very high property tax on a percentage basis. Most of those states, they get their money some way. So don't think you're just going to get away with it. Oh, I'll just go ahead and get away from the income tax. Well, if you're in retirement, you don't have much income. Maybe you're more concerned about property tax than income tax. So you got you got to check the whole thing out. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTop program, everybody. Justin Klein and I thank you. We really do appreciate you listening to the show and calling us and telling your family and family members and friends about the podcast, InvestTop. Get yours anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you do get it through iTunes. Of course, we want a five-star rating, but, you know, you can rate us any way you want to. The confines of your privacy of your home. 
but we would like you to rate us. Independent thinking shared success. This is the best talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.